and welcome to HY Dyslexia um, first ever podcast which um, we will be talking about different subjects and uh, topics um, we are very pleased to have received funding from the Wombardin Foundation um, and this funding particularly is to support the dyslexic community um, during the COVID-19 pandemic so we are adapting our model to reach more vulnerable people with dyslexia during this COVID-19 through use of podcasts, uh, which will be published on our website and all social media channels, including um, podcast channels as well. There will be a series of short podcasts, um, which will be broadcast and will offer people access to tips and coping techniques that would, um, that would support the neurodiverse and the dyslexic community. So with me today, I've got um, Emma also, who is a dyslexia and dyspraxia specialist um, who supports dyslexics in a workplace, a university, and also basically she's also a coach. And today's subject is anxiety. Now, during COVID-19, um, I use myself as an, as an example, there has been a lot of anxiety, stress, and so forth. So I think being able to do this podcast will help lots and lots of people and Emma who is um, with me today will be talking about coping strategies and tips and things to do to kind of overcome anxiety so um, I'd like to welcome the wonderful Emma um, who's going to introduce herself what she does and who she is and then we'll dive straight into a conversation about dyslexia anxiety during some of the most difficult times like COVID-19. Emma welcome to our first ever podcast show. Thank welcome. you. Thank you, Lizzie. It's great to be here. What a privilege. Yes, so thanks, Lizzie. Yes, I'm, I'm Emma Olsop and I'm a, a dyslexia and dyspraxia specialist. I coach and mentor and teach um, clients who have specific learning differences. So yes, dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADHD, and sometimes people who have autism spectrum conditions. And yet yeah, my work spans the workplace uh, higher education and I'm out in the community too so yeah um, I've been doing this for quite a long time and it's it's something I'm really passionate about um, it started quite a few years ago because my daughter was found to have dyspraxia and so um, these issues that you're covering uh, COVID linked to COVID but they exist there in the background for people with specific learning differences like dyslexia dyspraxia all the time so it's great to be able to talk to people today so you've got over 30 years experience in this industry haven't you Emma and I'm actually thinking oh sorry 20 years let me rephrase 20 not 30 mm. 20 years experience working with um, I have been I have been teaching and be about in the world for longer than that actually but yeah right. yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. and I think what's really really important you might you might have come across a lot of um, people with dyslexia and specific learning difficulty with bags and bags of how do I cope anxiety and I think that's what I've been going through today believe it or yeah. not every day it's like that for me but yeah. where I mask it really well for me it's like I've got to keep going and, and yeah. just keep doing what I'm doing yeah, but yeah. um you you must see this across um the work you yeah, do definitely. Um, and, um, definitely and what is it like when you see when you when you see students um having this anxiety um issues what are some of the 
sort of things you say to them? You know, it's a good question. The the thing is, is that um, things like, you know, conditions like dyslexia, they co-occur with mental health conditions quite a lot because quite a lot of their, of, an, of a person's experiences, particularly education in their early years, has, has, has been challenging for them. It might have been difficult. So if you're having to think really hard, extra hard, work extra hard, it can make you feel under stress and then start to experience anxiety. And, and that can be physical and the sort of confusion, the, the tangle that you were talking about being super busy. And um, so, yeah, and I, and I think as a, as a practitioner in my work, because I'm working with the whole person, the whole person's coming, they're, they're trying to learn about how can they support their, their difficulties and, and work with their strengths, then we have to, I have to work with and acknowledge what they might be experiencing emotionally and mentally, and that will be anxiety. Sometimes it's depression and sometimes it's both. So I think I'm going to dive straight into like um, an obvious question, really, or it may not be to some people. What is anxiety, Emma? What is anxiety exactly? So how might you know you've got anxiety is basically you've been experiencing stress for a prolonged period of time. We all in our lives experience stress. Okay. It's the fight and flight, the feeling a bit like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling a bit fluttery or I'm, I'm a bit shaky, but it's when you keep having it and it's your response for lots and lots of different things. And the, the thing is, is that when you have a, a specific learning difference like dyslexia, dyspraxia, you ordinary everyday challenges everyday tasks sometimes present you with difficulties so it makes you feel constantly you already um, have a disability and then you have the uh, the worry about whether I'm good enough am I going to be able to do this and and those can be the physical symptoms classic anxiety symptoms are tension sweat dizziness, indigestion, breathlessness, your heart racing, those, those are the physical signs. Um, and, I, and I quite often, particularly uh, during COVID, but even before that, at stressful times in our lives, whether it's uh, getting a project done, going for a job interview, doing a job application, goodness, uh, you know, dyslexic clients can really get in, in a tears about it and be worried about it. It's very stressful. Um, and now we've got probably, you know, the prospect of, of quite considerable um, numbers of unemployed people or facing unemployment. So there are tough times ahead and it's bound to induce anxiety. Um, Absolutely. And I think for me, uh, dyslexia is kind of um, my form of way of experiencing anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's in a situation where I feel like I'm going to make mistakes. Yep. You know, and that's mm -hmm. when everything kind of start coming out. And Absolutely. Um, sometimes I feel, I feel because I'm going to make a mistake, I worry about it. And the more I worry about it, the more mistakes yeah. I make. Yeah. So severe anxiety or fear, is, is the, for me, it's like a phobia. Yeah, really. and I think, it, yeah, really definitely. Really and I, I think, so if we just think about it pre-COVID, yes, the thing is, is that, that, that dyslexia and dyspraxia and specific learning differences, often they will, ha they will make you have difficulty processing information and remembering information. You add COVID to it, where people are either working from home, studying from home, 
um, frantically looking for jobs from home, doing then looking after their children, all these other responsibilities, maybe in a very busy household, maybe on their own, because lockdown has put us in under different challenges again. So we kind of get used to maybe the difficulties of our learning differences, our specific learning differences on a day-to-day -day basis. And then COVID happens and everything changes again and everything is just that bit bit harder and as you say you're worried that you're going to make more mistakes and as you get more tension and more stressed you make even more and there's this 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 um i was talking to a client the other day and she was talking about how she finds that because she's worried about the stress of um you know maybe catching covid or behaving in an appropriate way that's not going to infect other people she lives with uh, and she starts to make catastrophes so she catastrophizes she ruminates she's thinking doubly hard and and she said i just feel like everything is the world is even harder for me now yes i you know? could identify with that to be honest yeah yeah, and that, you know, I'm going to be found out. I'm going to be found out that I'm really, you know, the imposter yes. syndrome, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm going to be the one that they know is not good enough, is, is even more there. Um, so there's a heightened awareness of the, a thing of just, I'm going to make mistakes. So it is, it's, a, it's, it's something we've, a lot of our work um, is about, um, in the working with dyslexia, is about the whole person, and often the whole person comes along and they're not in a great way. Yeah. And COVID has made that harder. harder. We've yeah. had to get the tissues out, you know, obviously remotely. I've, I've had to give them space to get the tissues out and think about and, and get and release the adrenaline. Because sometimes when we're full of adrenaline because of anxiety, we need to weep. So get it over and done with. And then right okay now what do we need to tackle yeah. today and i think i think what um, we experience a lot at hy dyslexia is more like um people are saying look i can't get online because everything's now moved online so they're yeah. like I'm, I'm not able to i don't know what it takes to be online and when they are online i've had a few of our clients saying well what if someone else is watching me what if it's what if it's not just yep. me and this person in the Zoom. What if um, someone else gets my details? I mean, a lot of our clients won't even use the, um, you know, the online banking because they're fearful yeah. of what might happen. Yeah. Now everything's yeah. moving online. So sometimes I'm saying to them, look, it, it, that's the way we're going. The world is moving online. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think it's mm -hmm. sadly enough, we have to kind of catch up with how things are being done. Otherwise so, we're going to be left behind. Mm -hmm. But it's sped up change, hasn't it? It's absolutely sped up change. And one of the things that um, uh, people with dyslexia can find difficult is that dealing with change, transition, moving on, learning a new thing, and then being good at it. And they might need extra time to do it. And yeah, we're suddenly put in this situation where everything's online. Um, plus also the other thing is, is that, um, you know, um, a dyspraxic client the other day said, you know, I spent, I spend quite a bit of my time worrying, anxious about the fact that there's that, you know, the, the worst things mm -hmm. are going to happen. And then COVID came and the world did stop my worst nightmares. And then I'm having to do everything online. Um, I'm having to double check everything because I don't want to make mistakes you know it's it's hard it's really really hard it's very very um challenging for our clients having Absolutely. said that there are going to be some there are some good things yes. that come out of it yeah 
when we said there are some good things have come out of it, one thing that I am very happy about is the fact that I can actually work from home in total silence. Because where I've worked in the past in an office, there's noise going on, there's people talking, yeah. there's phones ringing, there's music playing, and I couldn't cope with that. So being in the zone of, right, yeah. okay, it's going to take me an hour to do this email, yeah. but I will get it done because I know I'm alone. That's been a plus. And then on the flip side, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. I don't understand what I've read. Who can I yeah. contact to explain to me? And then I think one thing, that's the other thing, yeah. So you can't have yeah. both, really. Yeah. Um, no, but there are the good and bads, aren't there? The good and bad in it. And it, and also, I know, I also happen to know that you are um, a mum. So you've then got caring responsibilities in the home and you're trying to run a home as well Absolutely. as do your work. And so, but it sounds to me that the fact that you've got a quiet space is one way yes. of helping to cut down Absolutely. the onslaught of anxiety, being constantly Absolutely. bombarded with it and being stressed is actually, if you've got somewhere quiet that you can go, which is good. Yeah. Not everybody's got that. And so, you know. Thank you. Thank you so much, Emma, for that. That's, that's a beautiful description of what anxiety is. Now, how is anxiety different from stress? Sometimes I get the two mixed up. What's the differences between the two, anxiety and stress? Because sometimes I, I feel like I may be stressed, but I think, I'm, I'm, I think I've got anxiety. But no, because I do understand that anxiety is a condition yeah. in itself, yeah. isn't yeah. it? What's the difference between the two? Yeah, it's a good question, actually. And in a way, they do, they do produce the same response in us. So if I, if I said to you, yeah, so stress is all about, you know, getting stressed, um, uh, sweaty, your heart racing, that sort of thing, which is just like anxiety. But it's, it's, it's a natural response to, say, for example, stressed because you've lost your keys and you know where you left them, you left them in the bank, all right? Mm. Or, or more serious things, I know losing your keys can be very serious, but, mm. you know, um, life events, uh, you know, mm. losing a loved one, that obviously can put you under a lot of strain and, and stress. But it's when it's prolonged and your thinking and your feeling and your behavior starts to become sort of changed and distorted on a more regular basis. So it's, it's fine to feel those things, to have the physical response and to go, oh my goodness, this is really bad. This is really bad. I don't know how I'm going to do this um, job application or this project that my boss has asked me to do. But if it, start, if it continues and it's prolonged and it's on a day by day or an event or a regular thing and it starts to get stretched out and it starts to change the way you think and then the way you feel and then the way you behave, that is more what anxiety is. So it's stress. We all have stress. It's how everybody does. It's a natural thing. Um, uh, but it's how and, and obviously um, we produce the, the, the adrenaline and the fight and flight because when many years ago we will have been running away from danger you know obviously that's yes. not as common now but we still have different um, incidents and occurrences that we need to respond to anxiety is when it's almost like it's it's gone beyond and it's shaping everything that you think feel and do and it's starting to really distort your life okay <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for that. That's such a beautiful way of putting it, actually, to, to, to know the difference in that way. Mm. Of course, we use the word all the time, but I think you've really simplified that for us. Mm. And I think um, we are so, so, I mean, we feel so privileged and honoured to have been given this amazing grant from Womanhood Foundation to um, 
do something around COVID and dyslexia and specific mm. learning mm. for our vulnerable clients. So it's really amazing. We just want to say thank you to them uh, whilst we're on this um, uh, podcast. Mm. And, and of course, the next question I did have was, what's the connection of dyslexia? And I think you've explained that already, you yeah. know, how it's all kind of connected. Yeah, because I think the thing is, is that, yeah, the everyday mm. tasks that are already challenging become even more so because you've got new tasks to deal with and you're balancing everything, whether it's supporting mum, look after the children and then doing uh, trying to connect to zoom meetings at work and and cook the meals and it's, it's the juggling that is is can be really difficult yeah so. absolutely and I think where it was really a problem where we kept getting a lot of clients emailing and ringing and wanting support mm. it's when schools closed yeah. And universities closed yeah. and colleges closed. Yeah. And I think mo- mo- um, a lot of our clients were saying, well, what's going to happen to dissertations? What's mm. going to happen to exams? Mm. And all those kind of things. So the stress and um, anxiety level was really high at yep. that time. And of course, yep. I'm not specially trained in that sort of area. Mm. I live the condition. I'm not like an anxiety specialist or anything like that mm. so um the example i could give them or the help i could give them mm. was look if we can find somebody to support you we would um but you know try and take each day as it comes is mm. the best advice i can give yeah, yeah. to be honest with yeah. you and it's great you know we're, we're now talking about this particular um um topic which is mm. um, anxiety mm. so how can the individual with dyslexia move from distress to de-stress very smart question yeah. there i might very add smart there. Question, yes. it is it is <laughs> well there's lots of there's lots yes. of tips and strategies and i and the first thing i would say is that as i said at the beginning i'm mm. i'm a specialist in dyslexia dyspraxia so i'm not an anxiety mm. specialist however of course if if mm. if, a, if a client comes to me and they are quite evidently anxious i spoke to someone today who spent the first 10 minutes of talking to me crying so obviously we have to think about what the anxiety and stress they're dealing with is how that's impacting them how that can be reduced what they can do to reduce that so that we can do the work which was to actually it was a it was to try and get this dissertation in that's already nearly overdue yeah. so oh, okay. so, yeah. <laughs> so so these sort of things um so very very simple things so i when i was thinking about this i was thinking so there's two broad, broad cap categories is lots of and less of so lots of fresh air and nature and sunlight those may sound really obvious but in the early days of covid they were hard to get um and but actually to do that and connect with the outside rather than be sitting indoors and being consumed with the anxiety um that you're experiencing the other thing is is that in that will come physical exercise so because one of the things that happens Mm -hmm. particularly uh, i had this with a dyspraxic client She, she was talking about how she has not she's almost like lost connection with her body because she's so consumed with her thinking and what's going on in her head that actually um being able to connect with her body and push it and go for a run a jog around the park suddenly reduces the anxiety um so that hyper awareness of things going on and your heart racing and stuff like that obviously this is Uh, It is important as well to recognise that someone who's experiencing this on a day-by-day basis does need to go and see their GP. They need to seek out professional help. But 
when I'm presented with someone in the room with me, we start to think about practical things as well so that they can feel they go from the room not having just been um, supported on the task that we were looking at, but actually can, ha can focus even more because they've got other strategies to deal with the anxiety. So eating well, breathing exercises, so breathing deeply, that can be hugely underrated because one of the things is, is that we hold our breath when we're tense. We hold our breath and we're so anxious, trying to think, we forget to breathe. It sounds ridiculous, but we do. Time in a safe space. So finding somewhere clear that you can go and sit. Um, being realistic, actually. So not expecting yourself to be a superhero, to be a superwoman or a superman and get things done. Actually just being healthy and reasonably content and getting some things done in a day just drop your expectations of what you can do um some techniques yeah. I was and i think one of the best ways yeah, yeah. go for it yeah. sorry emma to yeah, interrupt go for it. No, one no, of the best ways i've actually managed with my anxiety in the past and even now mm -hmm. it's to stop i literally just stop and yeah. i'm like that's yeah. it Yep. I'm not going to do anything anymore. And yep. no matter what it may be, whether it's at work, whether it's with my family, mm -hmm. whether it's with the children, I would actually stop and I walk away from it. Yep. It may not work for everybody. And yep. then I strongly um, agree with you in terms of nature. Yep. So I might go for a long walk. Yep. Um, I might go and sit by the pond and have a look at the beautiful Absolutely. swan. You know, and, and all those things that I've been doing has really, really been so beneficial. Yeah. Yep. Because otherwise you would end up, you know, very um upsetting yourself all the time and and someone like you, you task, absolutely yeah. and someone like you who mm. i know you love the word awesome i know you mm. love the word awesome um you connecting with awe definitely yes. okay connecting with absolutely. awe so the outside the everyday ordinariness um it could be your favorite song some beautiful painting or a picture of your children that you really love or the extraordinary so perhaps thinking dreaming about planning a holiday to see the northern lights or something beautiful you know the grand canyon something that connects you with something bigger and more important than yourself than the the, the troubles that are going on in your head um i was just thinking about some as you said stop there is um, a thing called stop where mm. you know stop as in s for stop t for think O for options and P proceed. So in other words, that totally stop makes you come to a standstill so that you can then think calmly rather than be getting into that, oh, I'm spinning, my mental, my thoughts are spinning around. Another one is, is if you're out, yeah, I love the fact. What, what's your favorite place to connect with awe, Lizzie? Where would you say? Oh, I just park, love walking in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, just yeah. walking in the woods and in a park. Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I wouldn't advise anybody to go walking in the woods by itself. No, but I no, love no. the park. No, I do love no. the park. Yeah. No. Mm. So another one is five, four, three, two, one, which is five. Find five things you can see. Find four things you can touch. Find three things you can hear. Find two things that you can smell, and 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 find something that you can taste. What can you taste in your mouth? And just that concentrating, that becoming mindful about your actual experience there, rather than being taken on a wild goose chase and on a, on, a, on some sort of um, tortuous hunt for for peace and calm. Actually, just focusing on something here in the room there with you is great. 
there are obviously some fantastic apps like Calm and Headspace. Those are two very popular mm -hmm. ones. I was thinking also, um, my clients have been talking about how they've taken up new hobbies. So yoga, cross stitch, running, cooking new food. Um, another thing is actually being your own motivational coach. So relying actually being kind to yourself stopping yourself from thinking you're really daft you should have done this you shouldn't why can't i why can't i remember this and go you're doing fine i'm working i'm progressing i'm not perfect we're all a working we're none of us are perfect and the the moment we realize that that actually drops the um the stress and anxiety levels also reaching out Wonderful. to people so video chats uh, our bubbles this bubble thing has become a, a, a our social life now hasn't it so having our bubbles yes. and being with loved ones because they'll support us too they're our biggest cheerleaders yeah. and one thing I, I just wanted wanted to say just before we, we, we finish with the podcast is where I find my family family has been a great great yeah. Yeah. in terms yeah. of COVID-19. Um, yeah. I couldn't have done without my children, my mother, my family. Yeah. So definitely reach out to friends and families. For sure. Arguably, arguably, as if, if the anxiety levels can be reduced, this could be where dyslexics come to the fore because they built up such resilience <laughs> of having to deal with this on a day-by-day -day basis. So as long as that, that, that they can understand that, actually, this is something I can tap into been here before yeah. done it you know um this is my life <laughs> yeah so powerful yeah and, and and i think even for me i, I, I somebody rang me up once a, a, a potential partner and we were talking and i said um, he said oh this is too chaotic and i said welcome to my world i said what we're going through now has been my world for, th for 50 years, chaotic, not knowing what's happening today to tomorrow. Um, you can travel today, but actually you can't. And yes, you can. And then there's going to be quarantine. Actually, there isn't. And guess what? You're going to get your examples. No, you're not. That has been my world for 50 years. It's things have never been straight with me. It's like that all the time. And she, he said to me, how have you lived? I said, well, this is it. So in a way, I think I've managed to cope with the situation because it's nothing, it's, it's, it's a new virus, it's scary, it's worrying. In terms of the chaoticness, it's my life. So nothing's really kind of changed for me in a way, to be honest with you. So I was talking about lots of, and perhaps the things you need to do less of, less social media scrolling. I know we can feel connected by being on Instagram, Twitter, and, and Facebook, etc. but sometimes that can make the anxiety worse. They're doing really well. Look at their fantastic pictures. Look how much waste they've, waste they've trimmed off through COVID. Um, and actually just think about how, um, you know, just disconnect from your phone because yeah, it can connect you with your loved ones, but it also can make you feel a lot worse. Um, yeah, I'm just trying to think if anything else. And criticism, just you're not letting anyone down. It's hard for everybody and you're not a failure. You're just learning. I think that's the, the, the other thing I wanted to say. Nobody's a failure in this. We're all, uh, who, who knew we were going to be in this position? And it, it's really tough. So there is help out there. And I'm gr really glad that A2I Dyslexia is there for... Ooh for clients for people with specific learning differences amazing. otherwise you know you it was they might feel cut off and and out thank you so much 
Emma, it's been a pleasure having you Thank on our you first ever much. podcast. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you so Keep much for on. joining us. So anyone Bad who's listening work. at the moment, Emma, um, she has her own organization called The Enhancer, uh, Dyslex, uh, Neurodiversity Coach, as well as Dyslexia and Dyspraxia Specialist. Do reach out to her. Her details will be um, part of the podcast that we'll be posting. Please do reach out if you need help and support um, during this COVID-19. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening. Join us next week, same place, same time with a different topic. Thank you very much. Bye-bye for now. Bye for now. The Aspire to Inspire Dyslexia podcast is funded by the Wimbledon Foundation and presented by Elizabeth Tashi. It's produced by Salt and Pepper Productions.